Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. Uh, this is the uh, instant analysis or post-game pod or whatever we're going to call it. We need a good name for it. If you're listening to us, shout out a new good name for this podcast because it'll be there every game North Carolina plays this season, either with Sherelle McMillan mostly or Dewey Burke as well. Uh, Sherelle, I'm kind of laughing because after we recorded, after Carolina beat Notre Dame and Cole Anthony, of course, put up 34, I think my quote was, what's going to happen when Anthony goes seven for 24 in a game? And and the, the, the remainder of that quote was, and they lose by one point. What are people going to say? But Cole Anthony finishes seven for 24 tonight <laughs> at UNCW. Carolina wins 78-62 anyway. Um, but, yeah, we kind of we kind of saw that one coming a little bit. I mean, he's he is a freshman. He's advanced, all those things. Um, but I think this is what we've talked about in the offseason was that with this particular team and the way it's set up, um, and this was before Brandon Robinson went out and before Armando Baycott went out, that Cole was going to have to take on a large scoring lo- uh, load just because, you know, they don't have a ton of experienced scorers. And he was by far the most talented player on the team. So this was one of those nights. And you know, he's taken 48 shots in the first two games, which, you know, unofficially, I'm sure is the most ever by a Carolina player in the first two games. But outside of maybe five or six of them, I don't think there's really anything that Roy Williams would say that wasn't a great shot or, or that wasn't a good shot. The kid is so talented that most everything he takes, you're, you're OK with. There were a couple of forces, but that's just how he has to play, because right now they don't have enough offense if he isn't taking that many shots. So um, that's, you know, definitely something to watch. And I do think it's a, a good week, a good time for them to have a week off, in my opinion, to, to kind of settle, reassess, look at back at the first two games. And, you know, they've gotten that out of their system. It's always better to get it out of your system and a win. And then, you know, take this next week, practice, rest, and then get back on the court next Friday. We'll certainly get into a couple other players that showed up big for Carolina tonight in the win at UNCW. But something you also said when we were slacking back and forth watching the game on our computers, uh, that oh, Cole double-double first two games. And, and that, I agree with you on the shots. Um, sometimes they don't go in. Had a little trouble finishing in the lane, except when he crashed my computer when he had the dunk there with four minutes and some change left. Last play of the game I saw. Uh, so whatever happened after that, I did not see it actually happen. Uh, but 10 rebounds, just another solid effort. And I think he had five when you told me he was going to get 10 with like maybe eight left. <laughs> yeah, just the game, you could tell the game was opening up a little bit. You could tell that both teams were, were getting a little winded. And, um, you know, he 
they've, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Like he's won all of Carolina's conditioning stuff. And so I, I, he reminds me of Justin Jackson and it feels like he could just run forever. And if he needed to play 40 minutes every game, I feel like he could. Um, he's not that far away. I mean, he was at 34 tonight, which is a little bit less than where he was uh, on Wednesday against Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, I mean, Roy Williams has said it several times of how good a defensive rebounder he is. And it's, you know, honestly, one of the first things we noticed, you know, all those years ago or maybe two years ago uh, on the AAU circuit was that, man, he can really rebound for a guard and he doesn't mind just kind of throwing his body in there. Now, with the way North Carolina is going with health and everything, maybe he might have to dial that back a little bit um, because they just can't afford to lose him for any stretch for, you know, any minutes at all. He has to pick his spots on defense as well. Um, he just can't be as aggressive because if he gets in foul trouble, that's just a nightmare for them. Um, so, you know, unofficially too, I, I don't have a way to look this up. Maybe when UNC sends out um, the game notes after the game, we'll see if they have it in there. But I doubt there's been another player who started their career with two straight double-doubles or with consecutive double-doubles. So that's a, another thing. And if you want to go down the list, again, this is a hard thing to find. But I would I would put a good amount of money. This is the most minutes ever played in the first two games by a Carolina player, the most threes attempted, the most threes made, the most points scored, um, and maybe even the most rebounds from any Carolina player in the first two games. Um, again, no way really to check that without going through all the bot scores, which I don't frankly have time to do. I don't think anybody does. Um, but that just tells you what his usage rate is going to be and how important he is to the team. I can imagine uh, Adrian Atkinson, Brian Ives, those guys need to check on those things. If you're listening, get back with us on those <laughs> stats. I would think, um, you know, Antoine Jameson comes to mind as far as double-doubles, perhaps. Uh, Forte and number 32 probably uh, may have gotten as many shots. I don't know. That, that Those would be the three guys I would look for comparison purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cole Anthony definitely setting himself apart as far as Carolina – history Carolina lore goes 20 and 10 three assists you know and a couple turnovers in 34 minutes plus 24 on the night Uh, let's uh Garrison Brooks we're going to talk about him he did Garrison Brooks things again but one thing that caught my ear listening in the post game and I believe it was Leaky Black they asked him uh who's going to be that other score who's going to be um, that guy that can help Cole score in the basketball. And if my memory serves, Leaky Black, first person you mentioned was JP. And I'm sitting there thinking, who in the hell is he talking about? JP? <laughs> oh, it's Justin Pierce. And Pierce certainly had some experience playing in Trask Coliseum down at UNCW, playing for William & Mary. Pierce showed up tonight, Sherelle, four for seven, seven for 12 overall, 18 points, and those 12 rebounds that, he was known for rebounding the basketball. That, Carolina needs that kind of production, or at least close to that kind of production from a guy like Pierce to really help take some of that pressure off Anthony. I mean, it was five to nothing UNCW, and the arena was going crazy. And you kind of wondered, like, well, okay, North Carolina, you know, uh, Armando Baker had already gotten a foul. He hadn't yet gotten injured, but he had gotten a foul, and they had missed some shots. They didn't seem to be in rhythm. And you're like, is – you know, is this the start of something that might happen? And then Pierce comes down, hits a wide open three. Didn't really think about it. Didn't hesitate. Um, next possession, I think it was, gets an offensive rebound, puts it back, and the game is tied. And he was kind of off from there. Uh, yeah, really important because most of his minutes came at the four. Um, and that's something that they've talked about a lot in the offseason. Just how difficult it is to kind of play the three and the four at Carolina because you always hear the two and the three are interchangeable at UNC. 
and the four and five are interchangeable, but the three and the four aren't really. Um, so he's having to learn multiple positions at a place that, you know, he's familiar with some of the sets, but at a, at a place that's brand new and he's only been there for a few months. Um, so really impressive by him. Uh, he said to everybody that, hey, I'm a shooter. This is what I've done since I was, you know, 10 or 11 years old and that his junior year numbers weren't indicative of what kind of shooter he is. And, you know, he went one for six against uh, Notre Dame, but it was a three. And then tonight he was four or seven from three. Uh, so, you know, you, you start to see what he's talking about. And I think that's really important for North Carolina going forward. As you said, scoring is at a premium. I didn't believe Earl Williams, honestly, in the preseason when he said that, you know, this team might uh, struggle to score because, you know, when have you ever seen a Roy Williams team struggle to score? Just that's not what happens. But even though they put up 78, I think you can see some of the limitations offensively. So if Pierce can, you know, you don't expect 18 from him every night or four threes from him every night or even 12 rebounds for him every night. But if he can just be consistent and steady, then it helps North Carolina a ton. Indeed he does. Let me take a second, or or it does. Let me take a second and talk about Johnny T-Shirt right fast. Uh, sponsors of this podcast, great people to see on Franklin Street. Great to deal with them online. JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Get your jerseys, get your gear, your T-shirts, your sweats, shorts, hats, uh, decals for your car, magnets for your car, everything you could ever possibly want. At johnnytshirt.com and Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. Great friends of the podcast. Great friends of Inside Carolina. So if you like us, you should like them and support them. And, of course, getting that 10% off your order. Can't beat it. johnnytshirt.com, Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. And like I said in the last podcast, and they let me know to come see them. I'll be there Monday to check you guys out on Franklin Street. It's been a while. Always good to get back to Chapel Hill. Sherelle, let's talk about some more good. Garrison Brooks. Uh, 18 and 12 is above and beyond what, uh, you know, I, I expect out of him. I expect a 12 and an 8 every night. Um, but he put up another double-double. I thought he looked really good when he catches the ball ready to score. And he's one of the only guys or, or the only guy to play tech to do anything worth noting at the free throw line going 8 for 10. I mean, a good night for the big fellow. 80% from the line. You'll you'll take that from your, your starting four all day long. Um, again, you know, five of nine from the field, 18 points. That's kind of, like you said, it's Garrison Brooks doing Garrison Brooks things, which is being extremely solid. And in a season where you have new people and new faces and new, uh, styles of play, there's going to be a lot of volatility, not volatility as in like dissension, but just volatility in how everybody plays in consistency. And, um, consistency might be <laughs> the thing that Roy Williams looks forward to the most this season. And there's not going to be anybody, I don't think, even Cole Anthony, more consistent than Garrison Brooks at doing what they do well. And Garrison Brooks is playing defense, is finishing at the rim when he gets, you know, good looks from his guards and rebounding. And he said after the game on Wednesday that 11 rebounds was just too much for Cole Anthony. Now, this game, granted, had a lot more rebounds just because there were so many missed shots on both sides. Um, but he did, you know, get 12 rebounds this game, which I, I think he was feeling a little bad uh, that he got out-rebounded by a guard on Wednesday. So, um, just to compliment Garrison Brooks' game, um, like you said, if he can give you 12 and 8 and play good defense, that's what you're looking for out of him. Yeah, for, to highlight the shooting woes on both teams, Carolina 37.5% uh, and 53% from the free throw line. UNCW 34.7 from the field, 63.5 from the free throw line. Just ugly, ugly night shooting in Trask Coliseum. But Carolina was able to get that 
win. Hey, it's a non-conference game. It's a true road game. There's a few teams in this state that won't play these tight ball games. I personally like Carolina going and playing these games at other schools. It helps those universities. Even if it is a little bit of a pain to be able to watch them sometime, it's worth uh, that for Carolina. And like I said on Twitter, and somebody said that they were listening to the radio. What a great way to listen to a basketball game on the radio. People don't do it enough. I try you know, to do it a fair amount. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, because of travel sometimes and just being on the road, there's a lot of times where I have to listen to games, football or basketball, um, in the car. And I don't know, to me, it just kind of, it, it feels more important. It feels more tense because you can't see it and you're having to imagine what's going on and the crowd is going crazy. Even if on TV, the crowd isn't going crazy on the radio, it sounds like there's, you know, 50,000 people in the arena. Um, so, you know, it's always, for me, it's kind of a, kind of a throwback. Um, I try to do it a couple of times a year, just listen exclusively on radio just to get that feel. I know this sounds, we sound like dinosaurs right now, but uh, <laughs> I agree with you. It's, it's always fun. And I wanted to say one um, other thing about Garrison Brooks and you know, there's a lot of talk about in, during the season or prior to the season about him switching to the four because they were going to play two big guys. Well, when he switched back to the five tonight, granted, uh, UNCW didn't really have the post players that he's going to play against in the ACC, but he looked really good, you know, pretty much playing the five all game after Armando Baycott went out. Um, so I thought it was good to see just to know that, you know, he hasn't lost that. He can still do it. He can slide down. And if there's times when, they need to play some all they can because Brooks is back there and he, you know, he's a good rebounder, good defender. Yeah. And, and folks that didn't see the game, Baycott took a shot. Um, I can't say I recall the officials just saying incidental contact with somebody gets knocked silly, but uh, he took a shot after two early fouls, struggled, you know, got three minutes on the field, got one rebound and one missed shot. But Baycott certainly looking forward to the week off Carolina plays next week against Gardner Webb. I believe that's accurate, but uh, Sherelle, yep, next, yep, next Friday night against Gardner Webb, so a full week to recover for him. 9 p.m. tip on a Friday night. That's uh, that's strong <laughs> now. No excuses for the crowd not getting there on Friday right. night, but uh, right. let's let's look at the bat a little bit maybe and, and what Carolina needs to work on over this week in practice. I, I thought at halftime, if you were in that locker room, I could imagine it wasn't pretty. Now, Roy Williams may say – that it wasn't that bad, but it, that was setting up to be an ugly locker room for North Carolina at halftime. And Sherelle, one thing that got me the most watching this game is they've got to figure out how to defend the pick and roll. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, there was, there was times guys and Cole Anthony, you know, he's not above criticism. I mean, he struggled a little bit too. Now granted you have to wait with the minutes that you have to weigh the minutes that he's playing and all that stuff. And, like we were saying before, he's got to keep himself fresh. But at the same time, there's sometimes you just got blown by um, by uh, UNCW UNCW players, and then there were times that there were just guys wide open in the basket for easy layup. So that's something that I think definitely has to improve. Um, it, it could be that CB McGrath just knows exactly how UNC was going to play um, the pick and roll. They knew exactly how they were going to defend, how they were going to hedge, and all that stuff. And so his players had an advantage. It could have been that, or it could have just been, you know, not the best night defensively for UNC. Um, but again, it, it's kind of good for all these things to happen in the win. You'd much rather them happen when you have more points in the other team than during a loss. So I guess that is a positive. Um, but a, a, another negative, you know, aside from what we talked about, the scoring, they only had eight turnovers in the box score, but it sure felt like a lot more to me. 
Um, and they're just not outside of Anthony. Um, and I guess to some degree, um, Leaky Black, they're just not super comfortable with the ball in their hands yet. And that's something that I think will come in time. But that's something that, you know, needs to improve as well. Yeah, I felt and I saw that and I saw eight turnovers for Carolina, 11 only for UNC Wilmington. I mean, it felt like a really sloppy basketball game. I guess it was because of the shooting, but uh, Carolina 27 for 72, UNCW 25 for 72. Like you mentioned, Sherelle, you mentioned uh, the coaching matchup. I mean, sometimes when you play your brother, it's ugly. And, and right. I felt like maybe that was the result of it. Um, just uh, you mentioned Cole Anthony, I, and I don't really have a problem with him. I'm sure Roy Williams would have a problem with him slacking on defense just a little bit because um, with Baycott back there, you've got a rim protector. But the pick and roll and, and the and those type plays, they, they've got to figure out or it's going to be a long season because UNCW was able to do it with guys, I think their biggest guys, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were able to have success. You get into the ACC, especially or a team like Gonzaga that they can see twice this season, uh, you know, the, those guys aren't going to be six five, six six running that play. Right. And it, it'll, it'll improve just with time. And, and you know, coverage improves as, as uh, chemistry improves when, you know, Brandon Robinson gets, gets back to full strength, when they maybe get another reserve, uh, you know, back healthy, when Armando Baycott gets back healthy as those guys just learn each other. I definitely think it'll improve. Um, but, you know, this isn't a, a season where, they have a whole stretch of games in December where they're going to be favored by, you know, 20, 25 points. It's, it's not going to work that way this year. Um, the schedule is really, really tough after these next couple. And that's not to say anything negative about their next opponents, Gardner Webb. And I, I forget the other one, but um, you know, if from basically Thanksgiving on, you know, there's not many breaks. There's not a, you know, there's not a time where Will Williams will go into the locker room and say, well, we were just more talented than them. That's not going to have to happen that often. So, I think a lot of the chemistry is going to have to be bred in practice more so than games, uh, just because of the competition and, and the level of team they're going to face. Let's talk a little bit about, before we get out of here, one more thing that they need to figure out, and that's when Cole Anthony's off the floor. How does Carolina manage that going forward? Because it has not been pretty in the first two games. Both wins, and that's ultimately all that matters, but – Cole Anthony, I mean, I, I said preseason, I said there's no way he can play 37, 38 minutes a game. And you guys laughed at me. And <laughs> and, and the first two games, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, but even in those two, three, four, five-minute minutes he sits, Carolina is, at least early, has been just a completely different and, frankly, not very good basketball team. I, I still have faith in, in Leakey as the backup point guard. Um, I think he's – you know, very steady and people just have to remember, you know, he only played what 20 games last year, if that. So he's still breaking in fresh as a player. He hasn't, you know, practiced fully, you know, outside of a couple of times uh, this fall. He didn't, you know, like we said last time, he hasn't had a full practice before um, these last couple of games in, in almost, I guess almost a full season back to last January. So he's still developing, you know, he's still getting his legs under him, so to speak, but I, I feel good about him. I think the issue is going to be he's not an aggressive one-on-one, you know, break you off the dribble and score type player. That's not his game. He's he's not going to, you know, get the ball to the top of the key, go ISO, and take his man. That's that's not what he does. So there's somebody from that group who's in there when Cole's out, 
whether it be Playtech, whether it be Keeling, whether it be Robinson when he comes back, or whether it's Pierce, they're going to have to really help him out um, and just, you know, make good solid cuts to the basket, uh, make good, you know, put on good screens. Uh, you know, he's got to do a good job of getting the ball down low. But I, I, I feel confident in him as a, as a backup quarterback. I really do. I mean, excuse me, as a backup point guard, I really do. Oh, I was going to say, you're about to – is he my favorite player? <laughs> no, I'll, so, you know, so once the game – full disclosure, once the game was over, I turned into ACC Network to see the end of the Duke game. Just, you know, just curious. And, of course, they start showing football. And the play, it was uh, the Carolina-Virginia game, and it showed Sam Howe. And so I just went to backup quarterback for some reason. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I'll freely admit, while I was watching Carolina on the stream, I was watching Duke on the big screen. And – uh it was interesting watching them both, but Duke breaking out the grays. And like you said, it was like, who's playing? Yeah, I had no uh, idea what to turn there. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, but if those are Nike jerseys, uh, they might at some point filter down to Jordan Brand. Anyway, Carolina wins at UNC Wilmington, 78-62. Anthony leads the way with 20. Brooks and Pierce at 18 apiece. Three Tar Heels with double-doubles. Not a bad night down in Wilmington. Good place to go see a basketball game. If you weren't there, uh, hope you had opportunity to see it on Flow Sports. If you didn't get a chance, hope you listen on the radio. If you didn't do any of that, hope you enjoyed listening to Sherelle and I talk about it here at the Inside Carolina Podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. Sherelle, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, and you're going to hate me for this because you just did a, a fantastic wrap up. And I'm like, you know, actually, one more thing. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, two things. Uh, Andrew Playtech, we didn't talk about him. Four assists, one turnover, um, and a steal in 27 minutes. So we now have two games showing, you know, that he's a good passer. Um, that you know he missed, you know, all four of his threes, but he made his free throws and he hit a couple shots. So that is a positive. That's you know, I think more than most people thought he was going to give them entering the season. I mean, you can make a case that you know he maybe he should get more playing time than what he's gotten. And the other thing is. Just give Christian Keeling time because I, I know how this works and I, I know how fans are, how we as media are when it comes to people struggling for a couple of games. It's like, well, you know, Christian Keeling, you know, he played at Charleston Southern and maybe the, he's not ready for this and maybe he's not ready for prime time. Well, you know, of course he's not, you know, 100 percent ready because he played at Charleston Southern last year and now he's playing, you know, at UNC on national networks every night and huge games with a guy who's going to be two or three pick in the NBA draft next year. So it's all new. It's all fresh. And it just takes time for some guys. It takes longer for some guys to get acclimated. You know, uh, after Wednesday night, people were like, Justin Pierce, I don't know. Yeah, he's a good rebounder, but they need scoring. And then he comes out and puts up 18. So just give it time. Um, I don't think Williams would have taken him if he didn't think he could play. And usually when Roy Williams has an idea about how good someone is, eventually they show it. Now, it might not be as consistent or as often as fans want it, but they eventually show it. So just just give it some time. You remind me of my late mother. She was like, don't forget to mention so-and-so. <laughs> that was a great – I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I think Playtech and, um, you know, rewind the tape and cut and paste, I'll put that – ending at the actual end but Playtech, we talked about him the other night and we led with him on purpose i think he's been fantastic in these two games and and i agree on keeling um folks are going to be hard on him after a game like this because he struggled but i think that he's going to come along he's got to come along and i think justin pierce is going to be great for carolina by the end of this season 
Yeah, I mean, it, I'm not I'm not trying to take up for him because it, it does not look good. I mean, he looks a little lost. You know, he had he only has they only listed as one turnover. Again, it felt like more. Um, you know, he's two for nine from the fields, and it's just like you know, if you're going to play 23 minutes, you got to give them more than three rebounds and four points and two of nine shooting. Um, and I think he will eventually. So I'm not trying to take up for him, but you know, just just think about it. You know, he's again he was playing in front of you know, 3,400 people last year. And now he's playing in front of sold out arenas. Like I said, for, you know, the top one or two program of all time. So it's a huge jump and it just takes some people a little more time. And there's no, I can't think of a better compliment than being compared to your late mother. So (laughs) I'm so serious. No, I'm serious. Thank you. Well, she was like, uh, don't forget to eat that last green bean on your plate. You know, that might be the one that, <laughs> but it, you're right. You're hundred percent right. It is it, great points. And, uh, Sherelle always with the sensibility, probably a good balance to me on these type podcasts, which <laughs> it's always fun. Look forward to the next one, my friend. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another podcast from inside Carolina.com brought to you by Johnny t-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!